Welcome to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. Each month, we bring you an informative interview that helps you live your best life as an entrepreneur. Here on the Worthy Writer edition, we take a deeper dive into authorship topics through conversations with notable writers and quality industry professionals. And now, your host, Tanya Brockett. Today, I am honored to chat with Judy O'Byrne, who is the founder and CEO of Hasmark Publishing International. Hasmark has spent the last 12 years helping thousands of authors to become bestsellers. Judy has also become an author and creator of a book series entitled Unwavering Strength. Most recently, Judy has established Hearts to be Heard Incorporated, whose mission is for the uniquely gifted individuals with undiscovered brilliance. Let's listen to my conversation with Judy O'Byrne. Judy, I am so grateful that you are here with me today because you have created so many bestsellers that I am sure you are an in-demand publisher. How are you doing today, Judy? Thanks for coming on. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Tanya. I so appreciate you bringing me on. It's terrific. It's amazing. We've known each other for many years, but uh, haven't always had the opportunity to work together on different clients. And I'd like to see more of that happening now. And that's one reason that I would like to have our audience, our listeners, learn more about Hasmark Publishing and what it is that you bring to the publishing world. Tell us about it. Well, thank you. Thank you. As you mentioned, we've we've brought literally thousands and thousands of books to the bestseller list, international list. Um, we've brought dozens of books to the New York Times list over the years. We've been in business for I think 12, 13, we're probably in our 13th year now. We're also doing the publishing of books. We found that we grew into that aspect. Um, We do additional marketing of books. And we have an amazing amount of additional services we offer. Um, Our authors, you know, such as Augmented Reality, we started doing that in our books recently, which is incredible. It's a pretty cool idea. But, um, yeah, just about any aspect of of getting a book done, that's what we would do. And it's been incredible, incredible journey because we get to work with authors who are in the self-help world, business books, fiction books. We don't really have a a genre specific, but we have been leaning towards more self-help books for either adults or children. Now, this augmented reality, that sounds like the next step in publishing. Can you tell us more about that? Augmented reality is really, really, really cool. It's been around for a while, but it's amazing how it really hasn't been in the book world yet. And that's why we're introducing it into all of our books. And surprisingly, what most authors that we've published don't realize is even if they didn't specifically put augmented reality, it is in their book. So augmented reality is really about, it's kind of like working with a QR code, but it it's much more attractive. For example, we could use a image on a book cover. 
Like we have one author who has a stack of rocks. So we took that image along with the text and we create it as what's called a marker. And when you download this app, you hover over the marker and the video of the author pops up. It becomes live right in front of your inside of the book. And the author can talk. The author can have a song performed. They can have videos. They can have animation like in a children's book. And the additional quality of doing that is because you can have a call to action there. So you can have the video playing and there'll be a button showing that would take them to either an email account or your website, something like that. So the added bonus of a call to action is wonderful. And the author gets to either learn more about the book, more about the author, whatever it may be, alternative endings for some books, animated videos. It's really cool. That really sounds like it brings a book to life for the reader. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do, do you find that it is more widely used or desirable in like mm, nonfiction versus children's books or is it great for both? It's, it's really great for both because for a children's book, it's different because the best thing for it is either animation or in one case, we had one where the book was about a family life on a farm and going to visit the farm. Well, they actually took videos of their farm. So people got to see the cows and how they're fed and the machines. And they got to walk around the farm through the videos. So that was pretty incredible. But in the self-help world, business world, is you get to know the author. Everybody who reads, who really enjoys, usually wants to peel back a layer and understand who it is behind the book, who wrote it. So really, when you think about it, every genre is perfect for it. It's good. Right about that. Now, how does an author approach a publisher like you? How do they say, okay, I have a book that I believe is worthy. And everybody who is listening to our podcast, our focus is to write something worthy, right? So they they have a worthy book for you. How do they approach you to see whether or not it's something that you can take on and help them to bring out to the world? It's it, that's a fantastic question because it is important. It, the quality of their book is just as important to us because it's like we're wearing our badge on it. So it, the best thing I find that authors do is submit their manuscript to us, and they can do that through our website or through our email, and then we do a not an in-depth evaluation, but we do a quick evaluation to find out whether or not it is, how is the English in it? Is it their first language, second language? Because it's amazing how many people write in English as their second language, but they're incredibly talented. And are they getting their message? We find out, we find a lot of books that get a little bit mixed in the messages that 
that are submitted to us. So it's a really great idea to submit it because there's millions of subjects and, and the audience is very, very diverse. So chances are you will be able to get your book done. It may just take, it's more about how much effort is it going to take it to get it into the right position. Is it expected that once an author produces a quality book that meets all the checkpoints, is it expected that they can just hand off the book, up, oh, here you go, it's done, I expect you to make this reach the world, or should the author expect that they need to be doing the marketing and the, you know, platform building that will allow that book to get out there? Tell them the reality of what it takes for an author to get their books out there, even when they use a publisher. <laughs> this is fantastic that you're asking this and you do, you actually know the answer because it happens <laughs> all the time. <laughs> the way I put it is when you hand, when your book is ready and you hand it to the Amazons of the world or wherever you may hand it to, can you hear the thud? <laughs> Because <laughs> that's your book hitting the floor. Because, <laughs> and really, truly, like, I still say, I mean, we've been in the business, like I said, we're in our 13th year of doing this. And I worked a couple years before that doing it for someone else. And the best way I can put it, if there's people like a Deepak Chopra in the world, and he's backed by an incredible publisher like HarperCollins, and they hire a marketing firm like ours, like Hasmark, then that says it all for us. Just the fact that Deepak Chopra has having to have his publisher come to us and do that says it all. Every author should anticipate that they're going to be very, if they even if they hire a marketing firm, anticipate you need to be involved. People want to connect with you. People don't want to just connect with Hasmark. They want to connect with the author. So tell us about some of the marketing power that you put behind an author like Deepak Chopra. Um, great question. So primarily we do with Deepak Chopra, our goal was New York Times. So all our effort was about getting him ready. So part of his, the strategy with his was as soon as there's a word that a book is coming, we prepare for a pre-order. We then prepare a sales page to drive pre-orders there. And then it's about getting the attention into a small window of time, getting all the buying to happen in a short window of time. So concentrating all the marketing to say that a book is getting ready for release and then finally releasing. So in a bestseller campaign, it's a little bit different than just an ongoing marketing strategy. So for if I was an author, I want both. I want to do the bestseller because that gives us integrity as an author. And I want to keep on continuing because, again, if you do just the bestseller marketing and you think that on, say, June 1st, you want to become a bestseller and you put all your efforts and then on June 2nd, you stop marketing. Again, you're going to hear that thud because unless you keep that momentum going, it's not going to happen. So the 
get into doing radio shows and podcasts, doing articles, just keeping the word out there. Just always keep on going because you never know who's going to be watching. There's a, a phrase out there in marketing, always be marketing. So there's yes. always something going on <laughs> that creates some demand, right? Yeah, now, exactly. And that is especially true for an author who intends to have a second book and a third book down the line, right? They need to stay relevant. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So that they can build exactly. on that momentum for the next book. And think about it. The, we aren't writing books just for ourselves to be heard, or we wouldn't go through the trouble of publishing them. We want readers. So therefore, if you want the readers, you're going to have to do the work. And the best, again, the best attention you're going to get is if you're the one out there. What are some of the ways that an author can establish that pre-order um, momentum. So do, does your company create the web pages, for example, for the authors who need to have a pre-order form on the website? Yes, yes. And it could be simply a one-pager with what's referred to as a sales web page. And what we've been doing is enticing the consumer. So think about it this way. I'm getting a book ready for sale and I picked June 1st as my date. Well, I'm the consumer and I'm watching that June 1st date. Why don't I wait till June 1st and just buy it then? Why pre-order it? So you've got to find something as an author that appeals to the reader as a gift or a bonus that's going to make them want to go to you and pre-order your book. So we always suggest that you do like a countdown clock, you do a bonus gift. The bonus gift has to have real value and it should be found only, like it should be made especially for that. Always remember effort in is effort out or effort out is effort in, however you want to look at it. But if you go through the effort of creating something very unique, chances are you're going to get the attention that you're hoping for. good advice. So if an author, I had a discussion actually earlier today with an author who didn't realize the value of having their book cover in advance of their planning you know, <laughs> for their book launch. So mm -hmm. can you share with our listeners why it is an important marketing tool to have your book cover done early in your process? First and foremost, it's also about the mindset. I had my book cover done two years before because having it and visualizing it changed the whole thought process, my whole energy level, because as soon as I saw the cover, I knew that it would become real. And it kept me moving forward. So one of the other things I've actually advised a lot of authors, if you have a goal of becoming a bestseller, Put the badge on it as soon as you have it and keep it to yourself. Just put it in front of you on a, I actually have a picture of my book cover on my wall and it's been here for years. Um, but the book cover 
Absolutely, yes. To me, that's the very first thing we start working on for our authors is the book cover. Visualization is everything. It just makes it real. No, that's so funny because uh, one of our episodes talking about belief actually recommends taking your book cover, even wrapping it around, you know, make a mock yeah. book cover, wrap, wrap it mm-hmm. around another book that's on your shelf, have it sit on your desk so that you see it there every day, you know, look at that. And then as Wayne Dyer, I believe, is, one who shared in maybe his book, Wishes Fulfilled. He talked about having the book in a cover, and then it was just a foregone conclusion that the book would be written. He just had to sit down and make it so. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, he just, he visualized that book being successful. He visualized the readers loving it. He visualized the sales of it all because he could see that cover that helped him to see it was a possibility. So I love that you use that example because it is so true. It helps you to truly believe that what you are creating is possible for you and that it's imminent, it's coming, it's there, you know. That's right. That's right. Power of visualization. Yes, yes. And that is something that I share in my mindset of a bestseller course. I literally take participants through an exercise on visualization so that they can start to realize that what you create in your imagination is what you can manifest in your physical life. So, and a lot of people think, oh, that's not true. I can't visualize something and make it real. But Think about it. I mean, one of the examples I used in in the podcast was, you know, how did a cell phone ever come to be? It was once in someone's imagination, and they focused on it with such intensity and desire to make it come to life that it did. Everything that we have around us was once in someone's mind. Why not your book? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll tell you, the power of it is incredible because literally I I wasn't even sure I was going to write. And then all of a sudden the title came and the book cover. And as soon as the book cover was there, it's almost like you're committed to completing it. Like I'd, I'd, I'd love to know the odds, but... Yeah, it's incredible though when when you've when you've visualized it, when you've created it, and I love the idea of the wrapping. I've seen many authors do that, print their book covers and wrap it around somebody else's book so that they can actually feel it as if it's real. Fantastic. That is that is truly acting as if, right? <laughs> I mean, correct. Yes. Acting as if you are already that best-selling author and I think that is awesome. Now tell me that the title of your book, actually, and tell us how that book came to be. You said you had your cover for two years. Tell us about that book. The the book is called Unwavering Strength, and I have a volume one and a volume two and actually a journal, too. And and uh, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of the challenges with, with the journal. But anyways, the book one and book two 
are, it's actually about seeing people with unwavering strength. They're put through different challenging times in their life and how they rise above it. So the way I did it was at the time, I really didn't think about writing a book, but then the idea dawned on me. I wanted to honor my husband who was in the process of, of, he was really, really sick. So I thought I want to honor him. And I thought he's showing unwavering strength. So I'd love to talk about it and share his strength with others so that they can make it through the same kind of time. So I thought, I don't want to write the whole book. That's just not something I had the desire at the time. So I thought, ah, I know how I can get it done. I can talk about, have co-authors show up. So it's a collaborative, both are collaborative books. So they're both written with about 30 other individuals who've shared their story of unwavering strength. Can you help define what a collaborative book would look like? Help our listeners, because some people don't know that concept. They figure, oh, my gosh, I have to write a 50,000-word book or whatever. (laughs) I've got to do this all on my own. What are my (laughs) options? So explain that option a little more for them. Certainly. And it's funny how we always have these different terms and we think everybody knows what we're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm happy. Yeah. And in that case, it, it's that's a great one. But a collaborative book is really a, a series of short stories. So just what you said, uh, I sat there and I thought, do I really want to write like a 40 or 50,000 word book? No. Do I want to, you know, take that to the audience? No. So I decided that I would ask other individuals to write their own short story, and I brought them together. And in for that book, what I did was I created a, it was a theme, so Unwavering Strength, but I also very specifically had it written so that it began with a quote that the author wrote, and it began with the inspiration, then you went into the details, and it ended with one very specific message for the author or for the reader. And so all 30 stories are like that inside the book. And so uh, the other thing that that demonstrates is the importance of outlining or planning your book and the way it works (laughs) uh, and how you want it to appear. One of the, one of the courses that, um, we have at Halogen Inc. is called Bebop, and it's the rocket book outline process. And part of what it goes through, the first three steps are good for any author, even when they already have a book. But it focuses on, you know, your your goal, your intention for the book, your publishing goal, your ideal reader, what you want them to experience and feel and do or be or have as a result of having read your book. But then it goes into how do you want them to be structured? Do you want your chapters to all have, you know, three tips and guidance? And what do you want to leave the reader with? Do you want them to be able to do something? So the fact that you thought out, this is what I want my contributors to include and make sure that they structure their chapters and they're writing that way makes it so much better when you're bringing together all these things because now you're the managing editor for this book, right? Yeah. You've got to make sure all of those stories fit, that there's a good balance between the chapters and so forth. So still a big yes. project to take on. 
It is. It actually was a big process to take on. It was incredible experience, and I'm so happy I got to do it. But wow, it was just what you said. It was a lot of work. But it, the greatest part about it for me was the learning. What an incredible journey that was, because if we haven't done it ourselves, how do we, it's harder, you can still do it, but it becomes more difficult to teach others. So I found by having it, having done it, found all the pluses and minuses, the goods and the bads made it so much better because it went right from, you know, the, the planning through to the getting in the endorsements for the book, which was a considerable amount of work, then getting it on Amazon and getting reviews and then the marketing and the bestseller. And like, it was just an incredible, incredible learning experience. I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to do it. Isn't that fun how you can have that experience that you're helping other people to have already, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're already bringing for books sure. to you and you're already creating bestsellers. Now you're doing that for yourself and applying that learning on yourself. Absolutely. I often say that I often live vicariously through a lot of my clients, right? I've got um, one of my clients that I just saw today recently, you know, got a big six-figure book deal and she's on the best books in 2020 list and she's got all this stuff going on for her. And um, so... She tells me, you know what, you kind of need to do this for yourself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> like, I've got all these international best-selling clients and, and everything else. And yeah, I maybe I need to pause and do that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Because it does. It, it just brought a whole other dimension. When you're working in it, it's it's. It's so much. It's it's such a wonderful world to live in and to learn in. But to add that dimension to it, too, just brings it to a whole other level. I remember going through my very first book. I published a book in nonfiction business, The Loan Solution, way back in 2007. And that was a great learning experience for me. So that was at the very early stages of um, running Halogen Inc., which is my editorial services, author services business. And, you know, I was young in the company then, but I had been, I also had a small business consulting company. So that's what the loan solution was all about. I wrote that book to help me to help my clients because I was getting too much demand and I needed them to get on the same plane. I needed them all at step five before they walked in my door. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. so that they could, it was a seven step process. I needed them at step five because there was just too many. I couldn't see everybody. I just could not see everybody. So wow. the, book, the book helped me to manage my demand. And that's really what I wrote the book for. So Absolutely. why you write a book can make a difference. But my experience in doing that also gave me uh, some learning that I could then share with my authors as time has gone on. And so it has been truly beneficial. 
Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, what kind of what kind of books? Just out of curiosity, what kind of books do you read on your own time when you're not working? <laughs> I I was about to say, and I can be, I'm very, very honest. It's probably my least favorite question. So that's what makes me laugh because it's like, honestly, I used to be one of the biggest readers. I was never without a book. You will rarely, you'll always see me with a book, but you'll rarely just see me in my downtime sitting there at nighttime with the book in my hand and going through it because it's like <laughs> I got stacks of books all around me all day long. I'm reading books all day long, but I'm, to be honest, I'd probably spend more time. If I had to pick up a book, I would be quick to pick up fiction. That would be the quickest book I would pick up. Oh, I'm, I'm the opposite now. In my early days, fiction was the first place that I went to. And I could devour a book overnight, you know, sometimes. Yeah, my me mother, too. My, oh, my gosh. My mother can read a book in about two seconds. It's just like crazy. <laughs> and then tell you all about it. I mean, she, yeah. she can do that. But now I find that I have more nonfiction books all around me. I'm always wanting oh, to I learn. Do. I, you know, I, there's, there's something else I can gain. And one of the things that I shared in a previous podcast is that my journey is not just for me, so I don't intend to hog it. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He says, don't hog your journey. It's not just for you. So a lot of what I've learned in my life, a lot of what I consume and learn more of is so that I can share it and help others to create more positive experiences in their own lives. So Beautiful. I'm constantly feeding on that. Excellent. Well, let me ask you. I'm, I'm going to allow you to wind down a little bit because I love talking to you and I could talk to you forever. But if you had to give an author a tip about, hmm, let's say, maybe launching or marketing their book, what is something that you wish all authors knew when they came to your door? Oh, that's a fantastic question. And the very first thing that comes to mind is be you. In other words, you don't need to be anybody else. You don't need to worry about whether you're as good as, you know, the Bob Proctors or the Tony Robbins of the world. Just be you. Show up as you. Appreciate you. And know that you're as important as they are. You know, that's really special, Judy, because coming from you, who has worked with a lot of big authors, it is a joy that you can help people to recognize, you know what? In your own race. Yeah. Be your best you. Don't try to run somebody else's race. This is yeah. your race to run. This is your message to share. This is your book to share with the world. Don't try to make it like anyone else's. No, exactly. Like Deepak Chopra didn't come out to the world and said, well, I'm going to be the Deepak Chopra. He just was him. 
He didn't model after anybody. I mean, I get it. Everybody is an interpretation of something else. Like we take material we've heard and we reinterpret it. We repurpose it. And that's how we end up coming out to the world. But I just find people want, like, I find that a lot of times I get told, well, I want to be the next so-and-so. Why do you want to be the next whatever? Why can't you be you? Why can't you show up as you? Because look at the trailblazers, you know, whether it's music or books or movies, whatever. The people who we're paying attention to aren't the people who copied the other guy, you know. There's only one sliced alone, and and I'm aging myself with that one, but (laughs) there's only one Adele, you know. She didn't, she's not somebody else. She's just herself. And she came out and she made a mark in the world and she, and she's authentic and she comes from the heart. And when you do that, that's the success. It's so terrific. Now that always reminds me, being yourself always reminds me of the story that Oprah told when she was modeling uh, Barbara Walters right, in her young anchor days and trying to be, you know, the next Barbara Walters. Well, that didn't work so well for her. Exactly. (laughs) And and she realized, oh, I can be me and still be awesome. And we all know that Oprah is awesome, right? So now we know. Absolutely. We have a perfect example it doesn't mean that we want to be her, but we have a perfect nope. example of somebody who stepped into their own, right? Yep. So now yep. we know we can do that same thing. Step into your own as that awesome, worthy writer. Correct. And don't worry about anybody else and what they're doing and how they're doing it and so forth. Just be. Correct. Yeah. Everything you do, your posts, your social media, your interviews, just be you. Be your authentic self. Wonderful. What a perfect message. Thank you. Well, Judy, it has been so fabulous to have you here. Tell me. My uh, pleasure. Tell our listeners listeners how they can uh, find you. I'm going to have your link in my show notes, by the way. The link will be in the show notes, but I would love to share. Thank you. Thank you. It where our website's Hasmark Publishing. Hasmark is H-A-S-M-A-R-K, publishing.com. And actually, by the way, Hasmark stands for Heart and Soul of Marketing. So my brother came up with that one. Or Judy at HasmarkPublishing.com. Very simple. And thank you so much. I, I really, really enjoyed this. I've enjoyed it too. So, you know, we intend to have this Write Something Worthy podcast for many years to come. So we'll have you back on at some other point. And you can tell us about the latest new development that's going on (laughs) in the publishing world at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. You've been listening to the Write Something Worthy podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or email us your feedback at podcast at writesomethingworthy.com and we'll catch you next Word Worthy Wednesday.